this, this area assurance to somebody to, today. It seems that there's, there's, there's no hope. But this is the word of the Lord. That I'm, I'm, I'm quickening you. I'm strengthening you. And I'm giving you power. Now, power means the ability to act. Hallelujah. The spirit of God is cheering you up. Hallelujah. And I see a strengthening in this house for every believer. Amen. See, in this new season, this new season we are can only be lived by the spirit. As times are getting more difficult and more perilous, it's only they that are living by the spirit that will be effective. Hallelujah. So I see God releasing upon us fresh grace for this season. Going forward, that we're going to be men and women that are led by the Spirit. That will live by the, by the leading of the Spirit. Chains are broken in our lives. That will usher us into a life of liberty. A life of freedom in the Spirit. There's a flight into a new season in our lives. As a church and as a community. Hallelujah. Some of you will sleep, you wake up at night and you find yourself praying. There will be an urge and a hunger for the things of the Spirit. There will be an unusual desire for the things of God. So I'm saying this thing so that when it begins to happen, you align yourself and allow the continuation of what the Spirit is telling you to do. There will be an urging because it is Him that will will Right? That will cause you to do according to his will and his purpose. Hallelujah. So there will be a high level of sensitivity that is required of us to move as a spirit, as we are giving ourselves to the spirit, as we are giving ourselves to the, as we are yielding to the spirit. He lives in us, he directs us, he guides us into his purpose and into his will. Hallelujah. I believe we are moved today. I believe, you know, there's this is a reawakening in our spirit. You can have your seat if you can. Just be praying under your breath. Don't just lose connection. Keep praying under your breath. There's one assignment I have today is to introduce us to the direction for this year, you know, every year we have what we call a theme, an area of focus, an area of concentration that God will want us as a church to, to dwell around, to build. You know, building must be done strategically. You don't begin building a house from the rooftop. Hallelujah. As rightly put on screen, by the grace of God, this year will be considering life in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our, our, our theme for the year is life in what? In the Holy Spirit. We could say life in the Spirit. But we discover that there are different kinds of spirits. Amen. There are different kinds of spirits. So we're very specific about what? What we mean by life in the Spirit. And all the teachings that we have this year. All the things that will come across to us this year will be targeted at helping us to do what? To understand, not only to understand, but to live this life 
in the Holy Spirit because that is that is the, the dwelling place of the believer. Hallelujah. So our key scriptures, let me just give it quickly. Romans of the 8 verse 14 is where we establish this theme from. Romans 8 verse 14 and Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. But let's read Romans 8 verse 14. Give me Romans 8 14 on the screen. Yes. It says for all who are led King James, please. King James. Yes. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are what? These are the sons of God. Hallelujah. As many as are led, as many as are, as are, as are, as are, as are you know, receiving their leading from the Spirit of God, they are those that are the sons of God. Now, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Galatians 5.16 I say then, work in the spirit and I and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Hallelujah. Work in the spirit simply means work, respond to, yield to the dynamic works of the spirit, to the leading of the spirit. And you, there is a def, definite assurance here. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Hallelujah. So this year is a built up from what we started looking at last year. I said, you know, a building is done systematically. One layer upon another layer and then we have a full building. Hallelujah. And from the teachings we have last year, particularly the team and also the you know the teachings we had in our cell meetings the series we have on the freedom in Christ series we had in our cell meetings we looked at some certain specific topics for example we started with looking at the origin and the fall of man how many of us remember I think we started December 2021 right into January 2022 we began by looking at the origin and the fall of man and then we walk, We went on to look at the works of the flesh. What it means. Works of the flesh. And we also try to look at how you know, it is properly dealt with. You know, and there are other subtopics under it. And then we look at the blood provision for our freedom. The provision that God has made for our freedom. As Christians. We went on also to look at what strongholds are. We discussed detail what strongholds are. And how we could overcome strongholds. And then we lastly focus on one topic that was very, very crucial and it took a lot of time towards the end of last year. The inability of what, of the law to give us victory. Hallelujah. So these are sensitive topics and I, I so much believe that if you had gone through these teachings or rather you receive, in case you need them in hard copy, you can ask any person who will find the teachings for you they should be available so they can also go through them to have perspective of what we'll be doing but if really you, 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 you pass through these teachings and you really study them I so much believe that you know the basic things you need concerning the faith is establishing you hallelujah so as we build upon this truth please I want you to to be intentional about building your life on these foundations. Amen. So previously we read Romans of the Earth. I'm going to just, just dwell a little bit on this and then we go. Romans of the Earth from verse 1 
to 17. Now, from the background of Romans chapter 7, which expresses the weaknesses of the law, you know, our focus for this year, as I said, will be on a life in the spirit. Now, this chapter 8 puts a great emphasis on the spirit of God. If you read Romans chapter 8, you know, you discover that, you know, the spirit of God or the spirit, the Holy Spirit is mentioned about 19 times in one chapter. Now, this chapter is the answer to the problem of sin. Hallelujah. Is the answer to the problem of sin past is shown in chapter 7. If you read chapter 7, you see that's where actually teaching about the law is made in the book of Romans. So chapter 8 actually is the answer to that problem that was exposed in chapter 7. And then one thing with this chapter, Romans 8, it, 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 it begins with no condemnation. It deals with no defeat and ends with no separation. If you read through the end, you know, there were questions that were asked at the end of the chapter. You know, no height, no depth, no any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This chapter has much to say about the believer's assurance of salvation. The concept of condemnation and the concept of we being united with God eternally. It is interesting that there is no any command in the form of a command or instruction, do this, do that in this chapter. Particularly because the chapter only exposes, you know, the issue of the spirit. The issue is life in the spirit and what he does. Hallelujah. What who does, what the spirit does in the believer and not what man does. So here, when we're talking about life in the spirit, we are not in any way giving credit to what you are able to do by your strength. Rather, we are focusing on what the spirit is able to do through us as we yield to him. Hallelujah. So this year, see, I yield to the work of the spirit in my life. I agree with the work of the spirit in my life. In Jesus' name. Now, from verse 1 of chapter 8, Romans 8, you know, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, the word therefore means there has been a run of conversations, right? Because I don't see anywhere where you begin a sentence with therefore without anything before. Isn't it? proper grammar will mean that it's wrong to begin a sentence with therefore. So it means that there is a run of conversation, right? From the previous chapters. Now I want you to note as well that the Bible was not written in chapters and verses. Chapters and verses and even some punctuations were brought in by translators. Hallelujah. In order to help us understand, in order to help us to make quotation. As beautiful as this is, it has done much harm. I'm not saying that it is a reason for our inability to know the scriptures, but it has done so much harm to believers. Because someone can just pick a verse out of context and then he build a whole theology around one verse, forgetting all that have been said from the beginning and what 
the conversation continued to the end. These are letters. For example, if I write you a letter, will you just pick one line and then walk with one line of the, all the things I discuss in the letter? It is foolishness. Hallelujah. So therefore, it is necessary that we understand that the scriptures were not written in verses or in chapters. Amen. So, Paul asks a pertinent question about the issue of sin in chapter 7, chapter 7 verse 24. Let's, let's look at chapter 7 verse 24. There was a question he asked in chapter 7 verse 24, Romans 7 24. Say, all wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And, and, and this question is as a result of his, his explanation of living under the tyranny of sin. Now I want you to move to verse 14 from verse 14. Let's look at what, what the conversation is in verse 14, uh, verse 14 of chapter 7. Give me an NLT from verse 14. Yes. It says, so the trouble is not with the law. Remember I told you that the law, the issue of the law was dealt with in this chapter. So the trouble is not with the law for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with who? Is with me. For I am all too human, a slave to who? To sin. Now, let me pause here and ask a very important question. Verse, verse 14. Could this be a man that is in Christ? Amen. Is a man who is in Christ a slave to sin? Who is he a slave to? To righteousness, to God. Hallelujah. So here, he cannot be talking about his present reality in Christ. That is the question I want us to begin with as we read this verse so that some of you will not begin to see yourself in this passage. And say, uh -huh, this is talking about my situation. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human a slave to sin. Verse 15. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what but if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. Verse 17. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Hallelujah. A pause. Though sin lives in the believer. Hallelujah. Good. Now, so I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Verse 18. And I know that nothing good lives in me. Is it true about the believer that nothing good lives in the believer? No. Excellent. That is in my sinful what nature. You see, he's explaining what in his what? In his sinful nature. There is a nature that is characterized by sin. And there's a nature that is characterized by holiness, righteousness in Christ Jesus. I want to do what is right, but I can't. There's no power to do it. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war within my mind. Hallelujah. And the scripture comes to my mind that God has not given us a spirit of what? Of fear. But, but of what? Of, of power, right? Of what? Of sound mind, of what? Of self-control. But here he's saying, but there is another power within me. This cannot be the power from the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin. Can the Spirit of God make you a slave to sin? No. Hallelujah. To sin that is still within me, which means that Paul here must definitely be given an explanation of his life under the law. Verse 25, this is the last verse here. Thank God! You know, we read about the question in verse 24. And then he now said, Thank God! The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to do, I want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. But there is an answer. Hallelujah. To all the complicated situations he has narrated under the law. And what is the answer? The answer is Jesus. Hallelujah. So here Paul noted in these verses the helplessness of man under the law. Now verses 21-24, Paul gives, as I said, an example with his experience under the law. And we see in verse 25, presented with us, you know, the answer to the issue of sin, Jesus Christ. Amen. So Jesus is a cure for the helplessness of man. Now I want to just move down to verse 1 of chapter 8. Because the reading is a continuation. Alright? Chapter 8 verse 1. Let's continue. So now. Where? Say now. Now. Hallelujah. Now. 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 There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. Hallelujah. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. And because you belong to him, the power of life of life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin and what? And of death. Verse 3. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weaknesses of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in the body like the bodies we, we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end, to, an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for sins. Verse 4, he did this so that the just requirement of the law will be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature but instead follow the spirit. Hallelujah. So under the law, we are all condemned. Amen. Under the law, we are what? We are all condemned. We are all condemned under the law. James chapter 2 verse 10. Give me James chapter 2 verse 10 to point this condemnation, to point us. James 2 verse 10. It says, for this person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's law. So a, there's a possibility of you checking out the laws and thinking, oh, I've not done this, I've not done that. But can you list all of them and discover that there's one that you've not done? The Bible says that it's as same as breaking the entire law. Hallelujah. So under the law, all of us are what? We are condemned. We are judged already. But in Christ, therefore now, hallelujah, the reality of the believer is now. Amen? Now, as we are right now. Now, you are not a condemned person. In Christ. Therefore now, no condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. How do we now come to Christ by believing in what Jesus has done. John chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only begotten son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. 
God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, not to condemn the world. The essence of Jesus coming is not for our condemnation, but to serve the world through him. Hallelujah. There is no judgment, there is no condemnation against anyone who believes in him. So when you believe in him, it means therefore there is no condemnation for you. Hallelujah. When you believe in Jesus as the one to which God has sent for the forgiveness of your sins, you put your trust in the finished work of Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation for you. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's only one and only son. Hallelujah. Verse 19. Verse 19. To run up this part. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. No, 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 no. You jump. You move me to another place. Yes. And the judgment is based on this fact that what? God's light came into the world. But people love darkness more than light. For their actions were evil. Hallelujah. So the word no is very emphatic. It's an emphatic negative. Hallelujah. There is therefore now no. It's very emphatic. There's not a single one of any kind of condemnation. There's no any condemnation in any part of your life. There's no condemnation for the believer. There is no exception or qualification to no condemnation. Amen. The word no condemnation, there's no exception. Maybe because of your nationality, maybe because of your past, the intensity of your wickedness, you don't think that this no condemnation, you know, is for you. But the Bible is saying that he who is a believer, there is therefore now no condemnation for such a soul. There is no exception. There is no condemnation for you. Christians will never be vulnerable to condemnation. Hallelujah. So that voice that condemns you is not from God. Amen. The spirit that condemns you, that makes you feel condemned is not from God. Because there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And the spirit has given us another spirit of fear. To fall back to what? To sin. Hallelujah. So the believer has immunity from condemnation because of their status in Christ. Amen. Say, I have immunity in Christ. There is therefore no condemnation for me. It is their permanent position. The believer's position is a permanent one. This is the argument of the entire chapter 8 of Romans. The believer holds eternal security before God. They will never under any circumstance land in hell. I repeat. The believer will never, under any circumstance, land in hell. Rather, let me say, in hellfire. Hallelujah. Nothing can separate them from the love of God. You know what? Even sin cannot separate you from the love of God. Because he gave Jesus. Hallelujah. That is our reality. Every person under Every person lives under one of the two conditions we see in Romans. Under the law or under grace. And I want to ask you right now, if you are not under grace, it simply means that you are condemned already. And how do I mean, what do I mean by you are condemned? I mean that you don't have eternal security. 
Hallelujah. So you are either under grace or you are still under law as we are talking right now. The grace principle is a new situation that the believer operates under. There is no condemnation or guilt with which the believer must dealt with, must deal with. Now, there are two kinds of laws expressed in this passage we read earlier on. Now, the first one, the law of sin and what? And death. Okay? The law of sin and death. And secondly, the law of the spirit. The mosaic law points out our sin. The first principle we talks about law of death, law of sin and death, you know, from the laws of Moses, it points to our sin. Whereas the law of spirit frees us from both sin and, hell and, and, and death. Hallelujah. So what does it mean to be under the law of sin and death? Romans 8 verse 5 to 8. Verse 5 to 8. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal man, mind, is enmity against God. For it, it, it is not subject to the law of God. Nor indeed can it be. Can be. Verse 8. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Hallelujah. So it means that their minds are set on things of the flesh. Amen. That leads to death. And what are the things of the flesh? Galatians 5, 19 to 21. We see the things that the minds of the one who is under, you know, the law of sin and death, under the flesh, is, is pious towards Galatians 5 verse 19. Galatians 5 19. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, right, the results are very clear. It's evident. Those who are under the law, who are under what? The, 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 the law of sin and death, what they manifest is very clear, is evident. The result is clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I've before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And someone may look at this and look as a believer. Possibly you see this trying to define maybe what you do. Hallelujah. But I want you to know that this is not your nature. Amen. So if you find yourself doing the things listed here, it means that you are walking or you are living out of order. Hallelujah. It means that you are doing what? You are, you are living a false life. It means that you are not living your nature as a believer. Because that is not what should be in your life. Because you are not under you know, the law of sin and death. Which means that you, should, you have the ability in you to do what? To not live this kind of life. Hallelujah. Now, it means for, for, for to set the mind on the flesh means death. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It means that this person is rebellious to God. Is rebellious to the things of God. He's anti-God in his, in his disposition. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, there's no possibility 
for a man living by the flesh to submit to the things of God. Those who are in the flesh, they cannot please God. Amen? There's no way the man living under the influence of the flesh, controlled and governed by the flesh, living, you know, powerfully under the subjugation of the flesh, there's no way flesh would please God. Now, there are good things that flesh can do. Amen? There are many beautiful things that the flesh can do. The flesh can even preach. When we talk about the things of the flesh, we can easily go to Galatians 5 verse 16 and list all the negative things that the flesh do. But there are seemingly good things. You saw it last year, right? There are good things that the flesh can also do. The flesh can do evangelism. The flesh can do ministry. The flesh can, can, win, can even win souls to Christ. But in the end, there's no reward for that kind of activity. Hallelujah. Amen. There's no reward for that kind of activity because there's not, God is not pleased with your, with your actions because the man himself is not pleased. And how do we become pleased? We become pleased in the sight of God when the Spirit of God lives in us. It's by agreeing with what God has done in Christ Jesus that we become pleased with him. Hallelujah. So, on the contrary, those who are according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Colossians chapter 1, chapter 3, verse 1 to 14. You look at the things of the Spirit, the focus of the believer. These are the things that the believer, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sight on the realities of what? Of heaven. That is where we are. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, right? In the heavenlies, where Christ sits in a place of honor at God's right hand. So, so think about these things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you die to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Your real life is hidden in Christ, in God. My real life is hidden where? Not in God, but in Christ, in God. Hallelujah. It's very important that you understand this. Hallelujah. So when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things locking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't even be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater worshipping the things of this world. Because of these things, the anger of God is coming. Because of these things, the anger of God is, is coming. Because of these things, the anger of God comes against these things, not against people. In fact, the anger of God is, meant to, is not meant to come against people, but against these things. Verse 8. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all his wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, say in this new life, in this new life, what new life are we talking about? Life in the spirit. Hallelujah. That is what we want to establish us this year. The new life, the life in the Holy Spirit. That we will understand how to function in our new nature in the life of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Greek or a Gentile. It doesn't matter whether you're from Zimbabwe or you're from Namibia or from Nigeria or from Liberia, wherever you come from. Circumcised or uncircumcised. Barbaric, uncivilized, that is uneducated or educated, rich or poor, slave or free. 
Christ is all that matters and he lives in how many of us? All of us. So when we talk about this life in the spirit, it's not something that is specially made for some people alone that, oh, it's only the pastors or the leaders that can function in this kind of life. But it's for all of us who are in Christ. So our desire this year is that we'll come into this reality. We'll function in our identity. That we'll no longer become slaves tossed to and fro by things that are not meant to govern us. Hallelujah. Since God shows you to be what? Holy people. He loves you. You must clothe yourself with tender heart, mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. These are things that characterize the life in the spirit. Make allowance for who? For each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Verse 14. Above all, clothe yourself with love. Clothe yourself with what? With love, which binds all together in perfect harmony. Hallelujah. So when we talk about the life in the spirit, we are not talking about some mischievous, some uh, spookious, some con 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 conjugated manifestations. This is what we mean by life in the spirit. Hallelujah. This is what we mean by life in the spirit. Amen. This is what we mean by life in the spirit. We are not taking you anywhere, but we are taking you to the world. That the world will become flesh. In you. Hallelujah. To set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. It's life and peace. Amen. This will mean, this is what it means to live in the spirit. There's no hostility. There's no conflict between you and God. It means that the believer has the abilities to submit to God's law. And the summary of God's law is what is love. Love for God and love for man. Now, that is the position of the believer. Amen. That is our position. So, our goal this year, as I said, is to explore and walk in our nature. Say, this year, I walk in my nature. This year, I walk in my new nature. This year, I walk in my new nature. Hallelujah. So, let me just say this as a as an introduction to some things that we'll be looking at. Amen? As we close. At the end of this year, as a leadership, the pastorate, we agree that we'll be able to establish ourselves in some basic truth about the Holy Spirit. Now, first of all, we're going to understand or have a personal knowledge of the person of the Holy Spirit. Our desire is that individually here, everybody here at the end of this year will be rooted in the personal knowledge of the person of the Holy Spirit. He is the most important person on earth. It's not your pastor. It's not your father. It's not your prophet. Hallelujah. It's what? It's the Holy Spirit. If you can come into this union with the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, many of life's issues are solved. Life issue is solved. Not many. All of life issues are solved. As a believer, for you to come to this knowledge of the person of the Holy Spirit and learn how to walk with him, yeah. yeah, it's a symbol. The Holy Spirit is not the bird. We know who he is. Hallelujah. He is God. Who teachings will come, right? It's not bird, it's not fire. Hmm? It's not what again? It's not wind. It's not oil in a bottle. It's not smoke. Right? 
if your own Holy Ghost is in the bottle, I, I pity you. Know how practically to walk in the Holy Spirit, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, my brother and my sister, you've solved all your problems on earth. Hallelujah. Understand how to overcome the flesh, the flesh life. Understanding and walking in victory over the flesh. That is life in the spirit. To understand and manifesting the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The knowledge and practice of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. See, this year, we desire that everybody function in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. It's for the believers. It's a believer's reality. Hallelujah. But the gifts and the fruits must be seen in your life. The gifts talks about your character. Right? The fruits, the, 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 the fruit talks about your character. And the gift talks about what you do. Right? Ministry. How to pray and worship in the Holy Spirit. This includes praying in tongues and rejoicing in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We will learn how to effectively study the Bible contextually to apply the truth through the help of the Holy Spirit. We will learn how to practically and effectively preach Christ. I call it the Spirit-led evangelism. You know, some of us don't even know how to preach Christ. And then lastly, by the grace of God and other things that God will lead in our hearts, we will seek to understand the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Who is excited for this year? If these things don't excite you, if these things don't excite you, I don't want to say you need deliverance, but we need to pray again the way we pray before we start this sermon. We need to pray like for three hours so that your spirit will be aligned to your identity. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray.